It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I swear to God, he's got a he's got an account with his wife, and they've got like two million followers. He's got like he's a massive TikTok star, Juwan Johnson. Stock up, Juwan Johnson. Unbelievable. I'm just right. saying for the yeah. kids out there that are on the hey, top, hey, hey, like me, state. I'm on the top. I know you guys are like whatever, blah blah. blah. But for those of us that are in the new, that are in the hip, that are you know on the talk, as we call it, um, on the talk, on the peacock, yeah, I'll hunt you there. Yeah, exactly. Let's pop tier five one more time. You think they would let time. me shorten Peacock's name? I reckon I would. No, I yeah. guess, that one probably doesn't make sense. I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> All right. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. The weekend is over. A lot of great football. And we have a, lot a lot of to great get football. Today. It is noon on Peacock. Peacock. Not, not shortening it. We no. thought about Ecock. You know, it's one of the ways that you could shorten the name if you wanted to give it a nickname. That's but correct. It is Peacock. Uh, it's noon, at, noon on Peacock, but it's 5 o'clock somewhere, Connor and Jay. A lot of great football this weekend. Um, you know, and some bad football. <laughs> and some very and bad some preseason bad football. football as well. Yeah. We're always honest, if not yeah. for anything, on this show. And we have a loaded show. Yes, Seven Habits do. of Highly Effective Drafters from Matthew Berry. That's coming your way. But before we get there, yes, sir. how about our drinks free today? Welcome back, Javante Williams. That, well, like, how great is that? So, Javante Williams, you know, goes down with, a, with an injury uh, that we were like, and did not look good for a long time. And, like, in terms of all the news that was coming out of Denver, yes. we, he might miss half the season. He might miss the full season. We don't know when he's going to come back. Not only is he back, but he played this past weekend. Javante Williams drinks for free. You know, had the uh, the same timeline as uh, as Brees Hall, Connor. <laughs> look at him. <laughs> and look at Javante Williams out there making moves, Take playing that. contact Take football. That, Dagger. Yeah. Dagger. A week four uh, anyway. torn ACL. LCL and a PCL injury for Javante Williams, and he is back in the middle of August with the three rush attempts for 12 yards and also four catches for 18 yards for the yeah. Denver Broncos. Which is nice. Like, I mean, again, like, the question has never been Javante Williams' talent. The question was, is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be fully healthy? Now, they still use Samaj P. Ryan some. Like, Samaj P. Ryan's going to be a thing this year. Javante Williams is not going to be a bell cow running back. That is not how Sean Payton runs his offense. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Having said that, uh, I do think you'll see Javante Williams' ADP start to rise. And if you drafted him earlier in a best ball or in a a league that drafted earlier, you're feeling pretty good after what you saw this past weekend as well. I currently have him at 29. Uh, He'll move up a little bit. Not a much. I mean, again, because I do think Pirine's going to be a thing. But, you know, he's he needs to be there in the, you know, the mid-tier. Like, he's a he's a. You know, he's a lower-end RB2, higher-end flex. Yeah, I would have thought the... I mean, the issue is, is that Samaj P. Ryan had six of the seven snaps on third down. That Correct. seems like a very defined role there. And if P. Ryan's going to get the third down snaps, it means he's probably going to be the two-minute hurry-up guy. And so there's probably just the ceiling on Javante. But great to see him out there uh, this early. Yeah. yeah. Most importantly, he drinks free here. Yes. He drinks free. More. That's, that's what he cares about. More running back news. This time, not looking great uh, for Devon A. Chain of the Dolphins. Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel said he suffered a shoulder injury in the team's preseason game against the Texans. Mm-hmm. A. Chain, who's obviously been working behind the likes of Raheem Mostert. Jeff Wilson's been out this summer, but we expect Jeff Wilson to work ahead We've of him as more, well. We've seen more, you know, Miles Gaskin and Savon right. Ahmed. Look, I love Devon A. Chain, not Devon Achani, as, as someone on this Achane. show. Achane, as other people on this <laughs> show the have French called version. him. Yes. Yeah, Devon A-Chain uh, is great. And I still, I actually think, 
you would never want anyone to get injured, right? You know, and we're, so we're hoping for the best. You know, it sounds like he's going to miss a few weeks, nothing serious. It does mean he's going to fall further behind in his development. It was clear that Wilson and Mostert were the starters here. The, the thing that I will say, though, is Devon Achain is a really talented player. And I think this is going to drop his ADP significantly. And I still do not mind a late-round flyer on this kid. Like, again, it might be second half of the year before he is somebody that gets up to speed and has a fantasy-relevant role on this team. But we all love the Dolphins' offense. And obviously, Mostert and Wilson have struggled with health throughout their careers. I still think A-Chain is a very viable late-round flyer, you know, um, but certainly not somebody that looks like you can count on early in the season. Yeah, I think last year, minutes after we interviewed Raheem Mostert on this show, the Dolphins traded for Jeff Wilson, which Correct. tanked Raheem Mostert's value. And then uh, days after, producer Damien started calling Devin Aitche and Devin Asharne. He does his shoulder. So we've really got the curse the on the Dolphins' back. running back. I think in terms of uh, Aitche's value, what was always going to promote his value was an injury to Raheem Mostert. Uh, and until that point, he's a flyer, but I don't think this really sets him back that much because it's really more dependent on the other guys. Well, look, I, I will say Mike McDaniel really liked the, the, the biggest quality that A-Chain has is speed, which is what this team is built around, this offense for Mike McDaniel is built around. And the other thing is, is again, like there's draft capital there. Like this is somebody that Mike McDaniel, you know, went out and got, I believe he was a third round pick yeah. off the top of my head. Like, and they, 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 you know, the they didn't have a lot were, of picks. Huh? They didn't have a lot of picks. They didn't have a lot of so. picks, and this was somebody that, you know, Mike McDaniel kind of stood on the table for and said, I want, go get me Devon A-Chain. So, look, he obviously, because of his time in San Francisco, he had a, uh, a connection with Mostert and Wilson as well, both guys he brought in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to throw fantasy dirt on uh, – on Devon A-Chain just yet. Again, it's he's a second-half-of-the-year player for us. Yeah, and Raheem Mostert's going as RB46 in drafts right now. That seems a little bit low. He was RB25 last yep. year, and I know that Wilson comes in and he took some of his time, but at the same... Like, Raheem Mostert, again, unexciting from a fantasy drafting perspective, but just solid and looks now to be the lead back on what could be, you know, conceivably the best offensive football I, I or thereabouts. I think both Mostert and Wilson, to your point, Jay, are very undervalued, and yep. I get it. It's a committee, and you're not sure this or that, but, like... They are going well below where their value is. Both guys are values, especially again if you if you're going wide receiver and tight end early. Like if you're employing some some version of a zero RB or waiting, like those are guys that I think you can target because both will have more value than where they're being drafted. Yep. Another name with a big weekend, and he didn't need much work to have that big weekend. Jalen War- Warren from the Steelers rushes once, has a 62-yard touchdown against the Bills. This is a backfield, guys, that I think often gets viewed as, hey, Najee Harris is one of the workhorse backs in the league. Barry, do you think that changes in some capacity because of how impressive Warren is starting to look? I think so. This is somebody that started to eat into Najee Harris's playing time last year. Like, he, he came in and, like, so they were already going to use him on third down. But, like, if you watch that game, he, he also, like, he'd come in on a third down, they'd convert the third down, and then he'd stay in for the first down and get a carry. And uh, I believe the 62-yard uh, touchdown run came on one of those, you know, after the third down, like, you know, next carry kind of thing. And so Warren, who last year averaged 5.6 yards per touch, compared with just four for Najee Harris, he had six different games last year where he had nine or more touches, which isn't a lot, nine or more touches. And he averaged over 67 yards from scrimmage last year. Jalen Warren is one of my favorite kind of late-round flyers. I'm at running back 41. Um, I have him in Scott Fishbowl. I I have a lot of Jalen Warren so far. This is only going to increase his ADP, but I, I think he's somebody that will carve out a good size role in what I think is going to be a better than people expect Steelers offense. But more importantly, like, there's not an inconceivable path to playing time. Mike Tomlin is a, hey, you earn it on the field. And I think we are past the draft capital of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren where you're like, okay, it's definitely got to be Najee Harris. If Jalen Warren continues to outperform him, like, you could certainly say committee or you could see Warren in some cases potentially overtake you know, it being like 60-40 Warren to Harris or something like that. Najee Harris isn't going away, but I think, you know, if, if you want to do a fantasy winners and losers segment from week two of the preseason, Jalen Warren is a big winner, and Najee Harris certainly took a hit. 
Yeah, and Najee Harris isn't Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley. He doesn't have the value and the name for that franchise to just get that workhorse role guaranteed to him. He's had two seasons in the NFL. He's been under 4.0 yards per carry both seasons. Warren was up around five last year, albeit on a limited uh, sample compared to Harris. And I just think that, look, there are... There are ways where Harris is the workhorse again. There are ways that Warren takes the role from him. I think the most likely thing is that Warren cuts into his work to the point where Warren outperforms his current ADP where he's going to RB48 and Harris underperforms RB10. I think the perception was that, you know, Harris is the guy and Warren is more of an insurance back. They'll use him a little bit on third down. And I think this this is going to be more of a committee than I think people expected. You know, people did expect Najee Harris to be some people, not everyone, not this table, but whatever. There are some people that expect Najee Harris to be kind of a workhorse back, and I don't think that's going to happen. I, yep. think, I think if you have Najee Harris on your team, I think what you're hoping for, like I literally think best case scenario right now is like 65-35 Harris to Warren, and it wouldn't be surprising to me if it's 60-40 or 55-45 Harris to Warren or even flipped at some point in the season. Jay brought up Derrick Henry, his backup, new backup, had a really big weekend. Tajay Spears, the third-round pick of of Tennessee this year, 81 overall. He rushed seven times for 57 yards and one touchdown in Saturday's game against the Vikings. Look at this. I mean, this is a guy last year, I had him in the top 80 of my overall players, compared him to Kenny Gainwell. You see the elusive nature of him. I think he could help as a pass catcher. Nobody's going to take away from Derrick Henry that consistently yet. But Spears has a lot of talent, guys. Yeah, Henry's, I mean, it's a weird thing because you just look at the usage that he has had over his career. You look at the broken foot that he's still got in his relatively recent history. And on paper, he should be just about the biggest injury risk in the league. But we said that coming into last year. And then he came out and he was, what, second for the rushing title. And it was just Derrick Henry. And there is a very good chance, I think, that Derrick Henry is just a uniquely built human being where the normal rules of science just do not apply to him. And look, Spears... I think that he is worth a flyer on just because of the injury risk around Henry, but he's not going to provide value, I don't think, unless Derrick Henry gets hurt. Yeah, no, he is completely like an insurance back. But again, given that we've seen Henry suffer some pretty bad injuries over the last couple of years and the workload that he's had, there's worth a, it's a late round flyer investment in whoever Derrick Henry's backup is. And we think it's Tajay Spears. By the way, speaking of uh, humans that are built differently than everyone else, Tajay Spears doesn't have an ACL in one of his legs. Uh-huh. Like, literally, like, he literally does not have an ACL. Now, look, I don't either, but I'm not an <laughs> NFL running back. I don't, like, I'm all, I'm, listen, I'm all, like, hamstrings and goo in here. Like, I don't, there's a lot of stuff that most normal human beings have that I don't have. It's mostly just, you ever seen a Twinkie? Yeah. You know, like, they got that, yeah. that's mostly what's inside me. And yet like, you maintain your DK Metcalf exterior, despite, yeah, all, the, despite all the goo. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> performance-enhancing drugs, let's be clear. I'm like, I'm on the juice, like, obviously. Uh, test here. Yeah, the, no, no, thank God there's no, uh, there's no test here. Uh, I mean, it's worth noting, like, to your point, Jay, the last three healthy seasons for Derrick Henry, 2019, 2020, 2022, no Tennessee running back other than Derrick Henry saw more than 80 touches. Again, like, it is... It is, and honestly, like I think they'll run less this year, just because again we're going to wait to see what happens with Traylon Burks. But like I think this is going to be a run first team, but with DeAndre Hopkins, with year two Traylon Burks, with Chigakonkwo, like I do think they're going to, you know, maybe they won't be the maybe they'll just be bottom ten in passing rate, not the lowest rated team in the NFL in terms of passing rate. Yeah, I mean, just look at Henry's carries the past four years. 349, 378, 303, and then he had 219 in the eight games that he played before he got hurt in 2021. Like, you're, not, you're not supposed to be able to take that work. I, he's going to be 30 in January, and it's not like it's Tyler Lockett falling down before he's getting hit. It's Derrick Henry's taking the most contact of anyone I have said this on this show, and I'll, uh, well, I'll try to, I'll get this, uh, I'll get the photo uh, to producer Steve and we can show, but like again, I'm I'm like six foot, one ninety five, two hundred maybe after the summer. <laughs> no, but I am like I'm not a small human being. Like I'm very physique chat on the show lately. No, but I'm not. I'm, I'm six foot, like one ninety five, two hundred in that range, and I've stood next to Derrick Henry, and I'm tiny next to him. Yeah. Like, and I'm not a tiny human being. Like again, like you meet me in person, you're like, okay, you're, you know. I'm a good-sized human being. Yeah. Like, I'm not a massive human being, but I'm like, you know, like, yeah, what, what, what some people are saying. Anonymous scouts. Yeah, 
None of us got, listen, yeah. Stephen D. Augustino thinks I'm a good size, right? Yes. You know? Listen, I. Uh, the like, fantasy football happy hour combine. Is I mean, I just think that, well. <laughs> yeah. I, like, uh, you know, this, you know. <laughs> this guy. I walked past Derrick Henry in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. I can confirm he's a he's a big oh, it's jarring. He's a, he's, yes, it's actually because you walk past bloke. guys like <laughs> Trey Lance and Justin Fields, and it's like yeah, they're kind of vaguely kind of normal adjacent human yes. beings. Derrick Henry is not normal adjacent. He looks like he was sent down from a different planet to yes. uh, to protect. It is. Planet I, Earth. It, it's very weird when you stand next to Derrick Henry. And it's like. In theory, you and I have the same DNA, yes. just configured slightly differently, but no. But it makes you reevaluate everything. Species. It's like, how, how has anyone ever brought this man down? He's built like a pass it's rusher. It's Truly. just insane. Yeah. It's yeah. completely He's insane. He's built like a pass rusher. Uh, yeah. yeah, like in a big pass rusher. Yes, yes. Yeah. Not a tiny stand-up linebacker. Like a no, hand no, in the dirt no. the end. Who's the... I'm blanking on the name. Who did the Raiders pick? Who's their, who's their first one? Oh, Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. That's another guy. Like, I interviewed him at the NFLPA <laughs> rookie gigantic. premiere. And he, I was just like, oh, my God, you're the biggest human I've ever <laughs> yeah, seen. Yeah, he really, he might like, be. He's just, like, and I'm like, and just, I'm like, I, I, I'm glad I don't have to block you, dude. Like, he, like, I mean, it was just like, you know, I was just like, little bitty hand, like, my little yeah. bitty hand and his massive, Andre massive the Giant paw. holding the beer can. No, it's, it was picture? literally that. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Um, and uh, I feel like the way around Derrick Henry, too, so. Yeah. All right. In a much busier backfield. Back <laughs> I'm going to look this up. I'm going to find the photo. In a much busier backfield, yeah, the Chicago ahead. Bears, Khalil Herbert doesn't even suit up this weekend, Jay. I'm just directing all this to you, Jay. Uh, Deontay <laughs> Foreman played the entire first quarter. Roshan Johnson, their rookie running back with a lot of promise, also known as Bijan's backup last year. He rushes seven times for 32 yards against the Colts. He caught one ball for 11 yards. I think, Jay, the real thing to keep an eye on here is nice as Roshan has looked and everybody knows he has talent, he's got quite a few players ahead of him right now. Yeah, there's just there's just too many guys in this backfield and we thought that potentially it might be the Khalil Herbert year with Dave Montgomery no longer in the picture, but just it's mainly the presence of Deontay Foreman, the fact as well that they signed Travis Homer and then Roshan Johnson is just around. And Fields I mean, runs a yeah. lot. <laughs> a is there, lot. Is there any scope, Connor, with his talent for Roshan to get on the field and be productive for fantasy purposes this year? I mean, that's the thing. I think he's the most talented running back on the roster. I really believe that. In all three phases, I think he can pass protect. I think he can catch the ball. He's a tough in-between-the-tackles runner. But we know how NFL coaches operate. They like veterans. Herbert's a guy that's earned this. He's got big playability. Obviously, Deontay Foreman's bounced around, but he's been fine when he gets a chance. So. Maybe the second half of the year feels like the conversation that we had with A-Chain, Ashane, as we like to say, uh, that maybe you take a flyer on him and he helps you weeks eight and on at best, but out of the gate just doesn't seem very likely. Feels a little Isaiah Spillery. It just kind of feels like to be a next-year thing for Roshan. Yeah, I mean, because, by the way, like, I I think we've talked about this on the show. Like, if you, to your point, one of the reasons you go out and sign a Travis Homer um, is not just the third down ability, but he'll play special teams. Like, he can play special teams. So, like... Herbert's going to be active. You assume it's – and Homer's going to be active because the special team. So now it's really like Deontay Foreman or Roshan Johnson because you don't expect the Bears to have four running backs active for the game. No. So, I mean, like there's – I think there are scenarios where Roshan Johnson is a healthy scratch or Deontay Foreman. So but, but But given, you know, their relative experience in the NFL – Deontay Foreman is good. Like yeah, he's, he's had some he's had some very solid games in the NFL for Carolina and, you know, so anyway – that's uh, I'm I'm with you. Like Roshan Johnson is a better dynasty pick than you know a guy this year. There are other rookies that I think you, that have a clear a clear and cleaner path to playing time and fantasy relevant playing time than Roshan Johnson does. Because also remember, like their best running back, and I'm using air quotes, like I'm Nixon or something like this. But like, uh, compared. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like Justin Fields, yes. right? I mean, again, it's the same thing we talk about like, like with Lamar Jackson or, you know, uh, on some level, Josh Allen. Like, the best runner on that team is their quarterback, yep. Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's the same thing. It's just – so it's just – it's hard to it's hard to see, barring uh, significant injury, it's hard to see Roshan Johnson having a fantasy-relevant role this year. Agreed. One thing to add here on the Bears before we move on, Tevin Jenkins, their starting left guard, who has maybe the most talent on their entire offensive line, it sounds like he is going to miss some time that's going to trickle into the regular season. So some more, some bad news here. 
for the Bears' backfield that I just kind of wanted to know. That's a big injury for their line. Yeah, and that's that's the underrated thing which we've spoken about with the Bears. Yes, they've had all these players that they've added uh, at receiver. They fortified running back. It's another year for Fields. But I think the one of the biggest reasons for optimism about the team is just the offensive line is good for the first time since you know pre Jay Cutler Rex Grossman kind of era. And so if that is not going to be as stable, then that's going to trickle through the whole offense. At Amica Insurance. We know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, over in New England, uh, Patriots offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien believes Ezekiel Elliott remains capable of contributing on all three downs. And we heard from Bill O'Brien on Zeke this weekend. One thing you you, you see right away is he's smart. He's been in different systems. He understands, you know, football. I mean, you know, maybe they called it apples. We call it oranges. It's still football, and he gets it. He picks it up. He picks up on it really quick. Um, You know, we've seen him out on the field a little bit, you know, not enough to really – you know, give you a, a, a you know a breakdown of his skill set and all that. I do think he's a he's a three down back, and he's been a really good addition the last two days to our football team. We're we're really happy to have him. Nah, <laughs> it's not ideal. Ezekiel this year is going to be like what David Montgomery was last year, and it's just just throws a wet blanket over the guy you really want to again, excel. I again, I I think it's fine. I I think. Ramondre Stevenson's floor remains safe. I'm not worried about Ramondre Stevenson's floor. I do think it limits his upside. But prior to Zeke signing, there was a scenario where Ramondre Stevenson was a top five fantasy running back. Yep. And as long as Ezekiel Elliott is healthy, I don't think there's a chance of that. But I think that Ramondre Stevenson, assuming health, is a top 15-ish fantasy running back. I think he is a very viable RB2 with a little bit of upside here. It's going to depend on sort of where the touchdowns go and a little bit fluky, but I... Bill O'Brien's saying nice things about his new guy. I'm not... Bill O'Brien's not dumb. Ramondre Stevens... I mean, again, Ezekiel Elliott's not done-done. Like, there's going to be a role for Zeke, but again, I think it's more about limiting the upside about Ramondre Stevenson than it is about all of a sudden Ezekiel Elliott has standalone fantasy value um, in a you know, 10 or 12 team league. Yeah. Ramondre last year had 210 carries. He played all 17 games, even though he was banged up. And there was a path this year where he could have been approaching 300. That path is gone if Ezekiel Elliott is healthy. And so with the upside, yeah, you're just, you're not going to have an RB3 type season from Ramondre Stevenson if Zeke is around. Yeah. But I don't put much into what Bill O'Brien said. I mean, like, again, he's saying nice things about his new guy. Great. Perfect. Whatever. Ramondre is the guy you want. One more very minor note in this backfield. Mike Reese, who covers the team for ESPN, he believes Pierre Strong's breakaway ability will help him maintain a role behind both Ramondre Steven and Ezekiel Elliott. It's an offense that they need speed. They don't have a lot of speed. I don't know, though, if I'm buying that Pierre Strong's going to eat into a lot of carries they, here. They need a lot of – the Patriots need a lot of things. And I will tell you, as somebody who worked with Mike Reese for a number of years at ESPN, he's great. Yes. Mike is, Mike is dialed into that team. He is really, really good. Uh, so if Mike says it, I believe it, I take it to the bank. I just think fantasy-wise, like, again, there would need to be a significant injury for him to be, you know, relevant or on our radars. Yep. He's going to get two, three carries and have yeah, to hit a home run. So. Yeah, they'll use him here and there, but, yep. like, nothing fine. 
Over in Kansas City, big weekend for their second-round pick, Rasheed Rice. He caught eight of nine targets for 96 yards in the Chiefs' preseason matchup against the Cardinals. Despite the huge performance from Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore has been playing with the first-team offense. We know this is a group of pass catchers that both Juju Smith-Schuster and Nicole Hardman have gone over to the AFC East. They had 135 targets last year. So I think the question is, Barry, can Rasheed Rice eat into some of these with how good he's looked this summer? Yes, maybe, sort of. Like, again, you're still going to have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, you're going to have, um, you know, hopefully Kadarius Tony gets back there as well. Like, the, you know, obviously Kelsey has a significant target share. I, if you're drafting a – it just feels like if you're drafting a wide receiver for the Chiefs, and I don't mind taking a flyer on any of these guys late, you know, because maybe one of them pops, and maybe Rasheed Wright does pop. But I, it just feels like Sky Moore – Sky Moore played every snap, and then they rotated in other – Sky Moore played every snap with the starters, and then they rotated in other guys opposite Sky Moore, and you've got, you know, and Justin Watson's there, and as is Ross, and, like, they've got a bunch of guys there. Any one of them are worth a flyer, but the pass catcher you want in Kansas City is obviously Travis Kelsey, and then after that, I think it's Sky Moore. If Kadarius Tony could stay healthy, you know, big if, like, but whatever, in games in which he'll be healthy, he'll be used, but to me, that's the one I feel the the best about is I know they I know internally they like Sky Moore quite a bit yeah there's this inherent kind of weirdness with Kansas City where you've got obviously Patrick Mahomes who might be the greatest quarterback of all time who's the heavy favorite to lead the lead the league in passing yards on what is the favorite to be the best offense in football and yet you don't have a single wide receiver going in the top 100 and so I think there's this compulsion to try and find the guy who's going to really pop but last year there just was no guy and I get that this offense did support Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, but there's no Tyreek Hill on this team. I think if you want one receiver uh, on the, t- you, I think you want Sky Moore, and I would take Sky yeah. Moore just head to head over Kadarius Tony, irrespective of ADP. It's reversed in terms of at the moment Tony's wide receiver 44, Moore is wide receiver 50. I'd just rather have more because of the injuries, and I'm not sure the upside is that much different between the two. Kadarius Tony, I think they can do more things with. They're more, you know, they felt like he was a little bit more developed, talking to, you know, my sources there. But, yes, your point, like, Tony's been banged up a lot in his career. He's already banged up again. I know they really like Sky Moore. Look, Patrick Mahomes told us this last year. He was just like, it's, you know, it's going to be this guy one week and then that guy another week, and we're just, you know, death by a thousand cuts when you face the Chiefs. And that's what ended up happening. There were a couple of games there where Juju Smith-Schuster was a thing, but then he would disappear. And, and I think that... There'll be some games where Sky Moore is a thing, but then there'll be other games where you're just like, oh, MVS caught, you know, three for 125 and a touchdown. And, you know, they'll take their deep shots. And so um, it's, it's tough for defensive coordinators and it's tough for fantasy managers to sort of figure out where to go there. But I do think, listen, again, as we're sort of talking about winners and losers of the, uh, of the week two in preseason, I do think Sky Moore, absolutely a winner because it, clear, it, it, it feels clear that he is a cut above the other wide receivers in Kansas City. Yeah. I've had some people mention to me that, you know, there was a certain level of trust with Skymore given that they threw the ball to him with the Super Bowl on the line and he caught an immense touchdown, which is true. He also ran the wrong play <laughs> in that moment, which is kind of ironic. But, yeah, I still think he is he's the guy that you want just because of the Tony health concerns. All right, over in Giants camp, we know how crowded that group of pass catchers is, and we got to see... They're starting offense this week, guys. Darren Waller and Daniel Jones looking very good. But rookie wide receiver Jalen Hyatt caught four or five targets for 35 yards and a touchdown. Although it seems like during camp it's been a lot of Isaiah Hodgins and Slayton on the outside with Paris Campbell working in the slot. And on this show, Barry, we have talked over and over again how much Darren Waller will also be the slot target. I mean, that's, to me, that's, that's the thing. The, the biggest takeaway here, and we like Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton has struggled with health. And Isaiah Hodgins is... It's a nice player. It's a great story, but feels like it's just a matter of time before Jalen Hyatt, you know, takes over a significant role in this offense. But to your point, you know, I think week one, first snap that they're in three wide receiver snets, it's going to be Darius Slayton and, uh, sorry, Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins on the outside, Paris Campbell in the slot, as you were. But yeah, to your point, Darren Waller looks awesome. He looks like, oh, I don't know, Darren Waller. I mean, we talked about this. We talked about this off this signing offseason. I you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but this confirms some priors for me, honestly, which is like I, I have 
prior to this weekend, I had Waller at four and Kittle at five, which I think is the reverse of the consensus. Most people have Kittle ahead of Waller among their tight end ranks. And I'm just like, guys, what does Daniel Jones do well? He throws between the numbers. What does Darren Waller do well? He, you know, crossing routes, right? What has Brian Dayball, you know, called his entire life? Nothing but, like, crossing routes and using the slot. And I just, I mean, again, you saw it at the beginning of the game. Like, you know, there are jokes on Twitter, like, Darren Waller is going to have a million targets this year. But as long as he can stay healthy, and it seems like he's healthy and rejuvenated, it's a new situation. He's going from a, a Raiders franchise that struggled to a playoff team in the Giants, and there's a lot of optimism. Darren Waller, there's, a, there's not a lot of people that can say this, but Darren Waller is a tight end who has a very legitimate shot to lead his team in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. Travis Kelsey can say that. Mark Andrews can say that. That's probably it, right? I mean, there's there's probably it. Like, I mean, you know, like... Hawkinson can't. Kittle can't. No. Yeah, there's not. Right. I mean, yeah. may, I, mean I guess uh, maybe, you know, maybe Dallas Goddard, if something were to happen to those guys, I yeah, don't know. It takes like, a lot, I, no. I mean... You know, if Cooper Cup gets injury, then Tyler Higby. But like, you know, That's like true. That's true. Higby, Higby honestly might be the next guy on that list, just because there's nothing else off the top. I, I mean, but again, there's it's a very short list of tight ends on their team that can legitimately lead their team in all all the receiving production that you care about for fantasy. And Waller's on that list. Yep. So. Kyle Pitts in theory, but very much in Kyle theory. Kyle Pitts in theory, yes. Just on the Giants lastly, like Hodgins, Slayton, Campbell, Wondell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Jameson Crowder, Cole Beasley, Jalen Hart. There's just 50 guys on this team. Yeah. And Saquon Barkley led the team in targets last year. Exactly. Exactly. And so we'll, you know, anyway, we'll see. Our last bit of Roto World player news. I'm in on Darren Waller. That's the thing. That's the, that, the big the headline here is that draft Darren Waller. For all your player news, go to rotoworld.com. Browns coach Kevin Stefanski expects Elijah Moore to be a big part of the offense, and we heard from Stefanski recently on a couple different ways they plan to use Elijah Moore. You know, I just think there's not really a limit to what he can do. Uh, I think he's a very good outside receiver, a very good inside receiver. You can put him in the backfield, uh, put him in the wildcat. I think there's really just no shortage of what you can do. And I say that just because of the skill set and because of the intelligence. Uh, so, like you mentioned, with the lining him up in the backfield, hadn't done a ton of that. But just if you think about the, the person and think about the player and what he's able to handle, we just felt like it'd be something that he can do. Not to say that we will do it uh, every game, or maybe he'll be there all 50 plays in one game. You know, it's really by game plan. Sounded like Kevin Stefanski live from an airfield. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, interesting. Good joke, yeah, uh, thank you. Thought. Good gag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, back to Elijah Moore here. I mean, this is someone who big expectations going into this offense that should throw more with Deshaun Watson. But this group of pass catchers got interestingly crowded quick, I think, with the addition of Cedric Tillman, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku. I couldn't tell if Stefanski was excited about the different ways to use more or if he's more confused on how they plan to get more of the ball. Both. Right. Neither. I I don't know. I, I've... Kevin Stefanski once told me to my face what a big role Anthony Schwartz was going to have on his team. Like, and we're still waiting. Like, you know, I mean. Wow. Um, could still happen. Could still happen. I do have Anthony Schwartz in a dynasty league. I've been hope springs eternal. Uh, yeah. I, I, the, the, the Browns are one of these massively interesting teams, right? Cause it, and it all comes down to Watson. If Watson's Watson of three years ago. They all matter. You know, it's like game on. And if Watson's the guy we saw last year and the guy that we've seen somewhat in the preseason and that we've heard reports about at camp, then, boy, boy. Yeah. You know, that it's, it's all Nick Chubb, and that's, that's Nick Chubb and maybe Njoku. Yeah, Watson needs to prove that he's not the worst quarterback in the league, which is basically what he played like. I know not from a fantasy perspective he didn't because he still put up numbers, but from an actual NFL rushing, perspective, yeah. he, was he was pretty bad. close to the worst quarterback in the league when he played. And so these guys, like... Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, Watson needs to prove that he can support those types. I know you like Cedric Tillman, big Love Cedric it. Tillman guy. Probably a year away. But we, yeah. we both like Cedric Tillman. Um, Stavansky seems to maybe like Elijah Moore. Lawrence Jackson, of course, loves Donovan Peoples-Jones. <laughs> loves him. We did a mock draft the other day. Do- Lawrence took Donovan Peoples-Jones in the second round. <laughs> That's my story. I'm sick. He, he can do it again as we draft. We might, yeah, we're, we're in the middle of the mock draft, draft right again. now. We'll see where uh, Lawrence winds up with DPJ this year. Uh, this week. Uh, no, all seriousness. Um, yeah, I mean, like, 
Hope Springs Eternal and Elijah Moore. There's a lot of guys like that that are going late in your drafts that maybe coulda, woulda, shoulda, possibly. Like, we've seen some plays where they've lined them up in the backfield. Like, we've seen, you know, some clips out of camp where you're like, oh, that's interesting. But again, has struggled to stay healthy. Right. And is this, is this offense going to be good enough to support? Like, we think they're going to be throwing more. But if Watson isn't any good, it doesn't matter if, if he's throwing a lot because it's all three and outs. Right, and you know Amari Cooper is going to get his, right. and David Njoku is going to get his, and Nick Chubb is going to touch the ball some. So the best case scenario for Elijah Moore is that he's the fourth option on this offense. Like that's the best case scenario, and maybe that maybe it's something. You know what I mean? Like it's a name to sort of keep on your mind, but it does feel like there are there are better late round flyers. I know there are a lot of people that still believe in Elijah Moore. Like I, I believe in the kid's talent, but it's it does. Right. I don't know, like. I'd rather, I mean, wide receivers going around the same range as Elijah Moore. Guys like Zay Flowers. I'd rather have Zay Flowers, Fair. I think, than Elijah yep. Moore. Other, Quinton Johnston, Odell Beckham, uh, Sky yeah. Moore. I'd rather have Sky Moore. 100%. So I think that I'm probably think I'd rather not have gonna, Quinton Johnston, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to be drafting Elijah Moore at that, at that type of range. I'm getting reports yeah. that we have a pretty good sized man next to Derrick Henry. And actually, yeah, let's photo, take a look so at this photo I, here. I want to make sure. Look at that. that it? Wow, Derrick Henry, large man. I'm just saying, again, I'm six foot, you, you t- 200 pounds in this photo, in Super Bowl <laughs> week. Um, I'm wearing a baggy shirt as well. That's always one of my, by the way, uh, shout out to my uh, large fellows out there. <laughs> like, it's easier to buy a shirt that's bigger than it is to work out. I'm just letting you know that. It's just, it's easier to just go up a size in shirt and it's, it looks Less baggy time. on you than it is to work out. Um, but, so I'm wearing a baggy shirt in this photo and, you know, Derrick Henry clearly thrilled to be taking a picture with me. Um, very excited, as you can see. Um, you Derrick know, Henry did both. He was, He's going the he baggy was, shirt end. I'm pretty he was, sure he works out. He was clearly fanboying out, as you can tell. Uh, no, but, like, I mean, again, like, just look at, look at his thighs compared with my thighs. Again, I'm not a, I'm not a small dude. And, like... Pretty good-sized human. I mean, let, he, I'm a pretty good-sized human being, and I am... I mean, Derrick Henry's got, what, six inches on me? There, like height-wise, it's just the, to me. It's like the arms are twice the right. size of normal human arms. His arms are, yours. again, like focus. He, and he's wearing all black, so it's hard to you know. But like, again, like those thighs. Can't <laughs> look. I, it looks like I have toothpicks for yeah. legs, and I don't. I I don't. <laughs> They're filled with gravy, Jake Croucher. Goo. Uh, yeah, goo and gravy are in my legs, pouring right. through my veins. If, if you want a picture like this next to Matthew Barry, here's your chance. Win a VIP trip for two to watch a live taping of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Go behind the scenes, meet the crew, and get a front row seat to all the fantasy insights and debates to help you win your league live from the NBC Sports Studio. Enter now at NBCSports.com slash Sweeps. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Get the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code Barry20 for 20% off at checkout. Or you could use J10 for 10% off or Connor5 for 5% off. Discounts galore. Discounts Choose your own adventure. Galore. 
All right, time for the seven habits of highly effective drafters. These are from Matthew Berry himself. Habit number one. Yes, sir. Pretty simple. Spend a ton of time preparing. Yeah, honestly, like like anything in life, your fantasy football success comes, you know, what you put into it is what you get out of it, right? And so whether whether it is watching our show, reading stuff on, uh, on rotoworld.com, reading my stuff, reading, you know, Denny Carter stuff, you know, Rotopat, whoever, what, the Roto World Draft Guide doing that. But, like, honestly, there's lots of great, there's lots of great websites out there, lots of great analysts, but got to mock draft, got to understand where you're mock drafting. This is important. We're going to talk about this sooner but uh, in a little bit. But understand that where you, um, where you draft greatly influences what happens in your draft, meaning that the ADP on ESPN is different than the one on Yahoo, which is different than Sleeper, which is different than NFL or CBS or MFL. Any of the places where you can draft, ADP greatly affects that. So mock drafting on the site that you're going to draft on, reading, researching, watching, listening, doing as much prep as you can so that when you're in there for the moment, you're ready for it. Yeah, I think a big part of that is just understanding ADP and just going in and not just accepting necessarily the consensus order that is in front of you on the platform that you're using and just knowing that, okay, in the range of the 110s like we were talking about, might be Zay Flowers, might be Elijah Moore, might be Odell Beckham and having an idea of who you like most out of those guys in advance as opposed to getting there and being on the clock and having 60 seconds at that point to choose and just recognizing in that. Also, by the way, under, I know this is going to sound like super dumb and obvious, but you'd amaze at how many people don't realize this. Understand your league rules. And by understanding your league rules, I mean inside and out. You know, there, there are ways to sort of look through the nooks and crannies and figure out ways to advance. Just s- small stuff like, right, again, are you, are you playing three wide receivers or are you playing two, right? Is it, you know, obviously what's the scoring? Is it half point PPR? Is it tight end premium scoring? What have you. But also, like, how big is your bench? Do you have IR spots? How many IR spots? If you have a big bench and multiple IR spots, you can be like, all right, you know what? I can take more of a gamble on some high, you know, good but injury-prone players. But if you're, like, in a league that has, like, a three-man bench and no IR spots, you're like, you know what? I probably got to be a little bit more conservative. How many teams make the playoffs, right? You know, so you can be like, all right. And you sort of – some leagues start in week 15. Some – I've seen six week 16, you know, like – are you in a 12-team league and six teams make the playoffs, eight teams make the playoffs, or four? Like, you know what I mean? Just, okay, oh, if I'm middle of the pack in this league, I make the playoffs, great. That's a different mindset than, oh, it's a 12-team league and only four teams make the playoffs? Okay, I've got to be elite. I've got to swing for more of the fences, right? So, again, it's just it's a mindset about understanding exactly what your league settings are in every facet so you can approach the draft correctly. Yeah, and I think the main thing there these days is just understanding a strategy for super flex leagues, which I think more and more people yeah. are doing as they yeah. should. It is the best way to play, I think. And just not panicking and being like, oh, there's been 10 quarterbacks taken. I'm going to take Geno Smith in the first round. Right. But actually having an understanding of what is value uh, in that format. So speaking of that, I'm actually, you, all of us are in a... Uh, in a super flex league, uh, we're going to do the mock draft. We're going to do, we're doing the mock draft. We're doing it every. We'll do it on Wednesday as well. I had the first pick. I got Jalen Hurts. You know, uh, it's a super flex league, so not surprising. A lot of quarterbacks go early. Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lawrence took Donovan Peoples Jones, which was a, <laughs> which is super weird at the four spot. Yeah, I thought uh, he was going to go Justin Jefferson there. Yeah, I did too, but yeah. it's I don't know. It is what it is, and so so on. A lot of quarterbacks in the first round. So comes back to me. Um, uh, really interesting where Anthony Richardson went in this league. We'll talk about all that. But so I'm now on the clock. I went Jalen Hurts at one. Come back around to me. And uh, I will tell you that, so my quarterbacks that are available to me, uh, the best available quarterbacks, if I wanted to go QB, QB, Rodgers, Cousins, Geno, Daniel Jones, Goff, Russell Wilson, kind of that range. Eh, it's fine. Because I have Jalen Hurts, I feel like I can wait on my second quarterback here. Almost everyone in the league has at least one quarterback here. But look at who's running, who's sitting there at running back. Barkley and Henry. I, and I have the back-to-back pick here. Barkley and Henry are both there. Um, and then it gets into, you know, Taylor, Jacobs, Pollard, you know, those guys. And wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb is there. Devontae Adams is there. Amon Ross St. <laughs> Brown. So I'm going my ride or die. I'm going Amon Ross St. Brown, and I'm going to go Saquon. So. Okay. Those are my two, you know, so I'm starting with a with Hertz, Saquon, and Amal Ross St. Brown. Yep. And I figure that whoever I'll get as my second quarterback will be fine, will come back around to me. There'll be somebody, it'll be in the 
Tannehill, Derek Carr range probably. But I think I can live with a guy, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, somebody that's going to – ideally what you want is just somebody that's going to start all year long barring injury for your second, when you're blowing off a, a second quarterback there. So, I don't know. The value to me for Amon Ra and Barkley, who are the highest-ranked players I have at those positions available, is, is too great. And, um, uh, okay, so uh, – and Lawrence just took Elijah Moore. Super weird. <laughs> Browns receiving quite yeah, well. he's, he's building he's, a team of the Browns. My, uh, my biggest advice to Superflex would be if you're picking towards the end of the first round and everyone in front of you is taking quarterbacks, then you can be pretty certain that right. they're not going to go quarterback, quarterback, and you can probably get one. Uh, and you can go running back wide receiver with your first pick. All right. Habit number two, identify the relative depth at every position. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just helpful to understand what you're, when you're going into. Like, you're going to want rankings. You're going to have an opinion on every single player. But, for example... Right, uh, you know, you're going to want to know where are where are players going. What's the depth of their position? So we just talked about quarterbacks. Seven quarterbacks have an eight. This is per ESPN. Seven quarterbacks have an ADP inside the top 50, but only two quarterbacks have an ADP between 51 and 100. That's Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, Geno Smith, Anthony Richardson, Jared Goff, all going after pick 125. So the idea is, is basically. If, if you want a top seven or eight quarterback, you're going to have to use a top 50 pick on him. Then there's the other two guys, right, and, and Lawrence and Watson. But if I don't get one of those guys, I'm on a 12-team league, then just wait. Understand that, right? So running backs. There's only two running backs that have a top 10 ADP, and that's CMC and Eckler. But six running backs have an ADP between 10 and 20. So in essence, there's basically eight running backs that are top 20 picks, and then after that, it's a little bit more. So you can just sort of say, oh, okay. I either want an elite guy or I want to wait because I can, you know, this is a good year to do zero RB or modified zero RB. Wide receivers. There are 10 different wide receivers going inside the first 20 picks, 20 wide receivers being drafted inside the top 50 compared with just 15 running backs. So, again, a little bit more depth at the wide receiver position. Obviously, the first round is littered with first uh, with wide receivers, so I don't mind getting an elite wide receiver, but then I think you can wait to like, the third or fourth round for wide receiver number two. Just something to think about there. And then a tight end, I said this before, I said this this year, I either want to be one of the first guys in my league to grab a tight end this year or one of the last. Kelsey, obviously, has a first-round ADP. It's currently 5.6. There's no other tight end inside the top 30. There's five different tight ends that go between picks 45 and 70. Hawkinson, Waller, Kittle, Pitts, Goddard. I don't think those guys are the same tier. I think, um, uh, I think Andrews, uh, Andrews you know, is, is kind of a second tier, right? So he's somewhere between, you know, he's going like in the third round. And then uh, I actually like Hawkinson quite a bit this year. I think Waller's going to move up there. And then I think Kittle, Pitts, Goddard are in a slight, you know, there's – Tier 1, Tier 2, two, Tier 2A, two if you will. Um, but in essence, where I think is, if you want one of those superstars, or if not, like, the difference between Goddard and Kittle to me isn't much this year. Like, and again, I think there are guys like, so we talked about, like Taylor Higby, David Njoku, that I think there are guys that are going in that 9, 10, 11, 12 range that I think are fine as well if you punt on the position and you're just picking late. I think gaps really matter. Talent gaps yes. is what you're saying. And that's really important to Correct. educate and, yourself and on. And fantasy production. As my point sure. is, is just like, just realize that if you're not getting, like again with a tight end, like you're like, okay, if I'm not getting Kelsey in the first round and I'm not getting Andrews like in the second or third, then I'm probably picking in this range. And if I'm not picking in this range, here's where I'm picking from. It's just, again, understanding the depth of every position and where it all kind of lays out for you as you prepare your draft board. Habit number three, minimize risk and give yourself best odds to win on a weekly basis. This is a huge thing. The most important word in that that whole sentence is weekly. Fantasy football is not a season-long game. It is a weekly game that's played over the course of a year. Your goal in season-long fantasy football is literally to construct a team of players that can beat whoever you're playing that week and that week only. That's all you have to do. So, obviously, we put a lot of stock into you know, all sorts of underlying metrics and film work and, and news. But the truth of the matter is, is that fantasy football very simply comes down to that. Put yourself in the best position. Minimize risk. It's all, it's all, you know, you're trying to predict the future and you can't. So you just have to ask yourself in every situation, what's most likely to happen? Travis Kelsey has had seven straight seasons finishing as a top two uh, tight end in fantasy points per game. Seven straight seasons. He's got the same quarterback and the same coach. What's most likely to happen? Doesn't mean it's going to. Injuries can happen, everything like that. But what's most likely to happen? Kirk Cousins finished each of the last three seasons as either QB11 or QB12 on a points-per-game basis. 
What's most likely to happen? Doesn't mean it will, but what's most likely to happen? Deontay Johnson had 147 targets last year without a touchdown, but ranked top six in end zone targets. What's most likely to happen this year? The guy was a top six wide receiver who has scored touchdowns in multiple seasons up until last year. It's most likely that he's not going to have a zero for touchdowns. Jamal Williams got 38 goal line carries last year, 15 more than any other running back. What's most likely to happen this year? That Jamal Williams gets 15 more carries than everyone else within the two-yard line? No. I mean, it's just, again, what's most likely to happen? I'm using some extreme examples to give, to, to give some context here, but minimize risk and give yourself the best odds to win on a weekly basis. And I think injuries are a huge part of that, too. If a guy's, been, if a guy's missed six games a year for two to three years, right. what's most likely to happen is that he's going to miss a handful of games. And there's an intersection where risk versus reward, obviously. So someone like my man, Michael Thomas, who's going outside the top 100, at that point the risk is, I would say, beyond priced in. Habit number four, use rankings flexibly and within context. Look, team construction is really important. Every league is different. Obviously, Ross, as we talked about uh, in, uh, in Habit 2 and Habit 1, you know, team roster construction about whether you're playing half-point PPR, full PPR, standard, whether it's tight and premium. There's lots of things that go into your specific league. Roster size and scoring have a significant impact on how you construct your roster. Three wide receivers versus two. Can you play a quarterback at your flex? Is, like, is it a super flex or not? Um, so one thing that I think is important, and we touched on this earlier as well, is being aware of the ADP differences between sites. Okay, for example, Kirk Cousins on ESPN is QB 10, on Yahoo is QB 14. Mixon is running back 9 on ESPN, running back 15 on Yahoo. You see it there on your screen. Rashad White running back 18 on ESPN. He's running back 30 on Yahoo. If you're, you know, if you're really excited about uh, Alvin Kamara this year, you're better off drafting on Yahoo where he's going as running back 27 at ESPN. He's going as running back 17. Tyler Lockett is running back wide receiver 29 on ESPN, but wide receiver 21 on Yahoo. He, he goes much later on ESPN than he does on Yahoo, for example. Waller, Darren Waller is tight end seven on Yahoo, but he's tight end four on ESPN. So it just sort of depends. Understanding the ADP of the site that you're drafting on, we talked about this earlier, so that's important as well. But it's also like, again, my rankings, if you're using my rankings, my rankings might not reflect one of those two sites. So you're like, oh, this person has whatever. Like, for example, uh, Joe Mixon is running back nine. And I might have him say it running back 10, but you sit here and go, he's, he's, you know, running back 14 on Yahoo. Like, use rankings flexibly. Like, you know, you don't want to look there and go like, ah, well, he's, he's ranked lower here. I, rankings are merely about value in the market. And the minute a draft starts, value changes for all these players. So I will tell you as somebody who does rankings every day of my life, I don't even follow my own rankings to a T. Like, I know where I feel on various players, but as drafts go and you're like, you know what? God, there's this crazy tight end run, and I need a guy, and this is the last guy in my tier. And even though I've got 10 guys ranked ahead of him, I feel really good about my wide receivers and running backs. I need this guy because he's the last guy in the tier, so I'm going to draft this tight end. Again, use rankings as a guideline, not a hard and fast rule. Don't be, uh, you know, don't be you know, a slave to your uh, rankings. I'd say as well to be up to date on ADP stuff for guys like Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs because that moves wildly based on the context of their situation, which are very unique, as opposed to someone like you know Nick Chubb is probably going to be pretty static. Think about how we opened the show today. Javante Williams played football after tearing his ACL, PCL, LCL in week four of last year. So habit number five, and you touched on this lightly in habit three, Barry, but this is more uh, you know consistent here. Focus on winning weeks. Right. Focus on winning weeks. So again, when you leave your draft, understand that you're leaving your draft with a blueprint. The, the team you leave your draft with is not the team that you have to start every single week. Again, you're going to have some foundational blocks there. But think about guys like, think about Latavius Murray last year. Latavius Murray wasn't drafted, but for, um, for 12 games with the Broncos last year, he was a top 25 fantasy running back. Deion Jackson, in the two games that Jonathan Taylor out, weeks five and six, he averaged over 20 fantasy points per game. Alexander Madison, he's had four starts over the past two seasons when Dalvin Cook has been out. He's averaged 21.7 fantasy points per game. Khalil Herbert, last year as the lead running back, he had two games when Montgomery was out. He averaged 21 points per game. Again, it's one thing to say, like, hey, I'm drafting this guy late, right? You know, and I hope he pops. 
It's, an, it's, it's one thing to have a guy that produces. It's another thing of knowing when to start that guy. And so I would much rather have somebody, um, like, you know, the, the example was, was Tony Pollard, right? But I, I'd much rather have, um, you know, a guy like, uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a really good example here, but um, that you, you, would, you would draft, that you know that that guy is going to be the guy, right? Um, Damien Pierce? Yeah, but I mean, like, but right, like, th- there's a, there's an example. There's not like a great Tajay Spears we talked about early in the show. Like, we think Tajay Spears is gonna if Derrick Henry, like, you're never starting Tajay Spears. Yep. But if Derrick Henry goes down, Tajay Spears is probably gonna be like a top twelve running back. Right. Is, so. is, that's my point. Is that like, and so you'd rather like guys like that because there's a chance that Tajay Spears wins you three weeks this year, right? And so I'd much rather a guy like that than somebody who's ranked higher than him, who's just sort of like a mediocre, fine, kind of like, you know, whatever running Samaj back. Samaj Piran? Yeah, I mean, I like, no, I like, I actually think Samaj Piran has a, has a better, um, uh, a better year, but Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman's going to get like 10 touches a game. He's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Sure. But like, right, that's what I'm saying. Like, you want guys that can win you the, that can win you the week. That's what you're focused on. Like, right, you know, rookie wide receivers that, um, that will pop later in the season, for example. That's another good to use late run flyers on. Last two habits. Habit six, be adaptable and trust yourself above all others. And habit seven, approach the draft as just the first step towards success. Number two, again, no one knows your league or your team better than you. This is something we do for fun. Trust your gut above all else as well. Don't go into a a draft saying, like, I must come away with Kelsey in the first round. Well, if Kelsey goes one-on-one, even if you have the second pick, you know, be ready to adapt. Never Just be flexible during the draft. Like, you know, don't don't panic when there are runs. Even if you're getting uh, snaked out of a position, draft a surplus in another position that gives you something to trade, which leads us to habit number seven. Again, this is just the first step towards your success this year. It's a blueprint. You can always trade. You can always pick up players on the waiver wire. The team you leave the draft with is not the team that you have to start week in, week out. So again, like if you're just like getting if there's this crazy running back run instead of just grabbing a guy that qualifies at running back you know what i mean be like all right you know what i'm just going to load up on wide receivers and then i will trade an elite wide receiver for a good running back later in the draft you're better off doing that than just you know picking some some random guy because he's got a pulse we're taking our last break when we're back it's time for last call A big week for Happy Hour on Deck. Our second mock draft hits Wednesday and preseason love-hate drops Thursday. And all of that leads up to our first draft season marathon this weekend. Tune into Peacock this Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern time as you prepare to dominate your draft. And if you weren't excited enough for Commander's Ravens preseason football tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sam Cosme of the Commanders gave this game a little hype on his thoughts on the Ravens' 24-game preseason win streak. Does that Ravens win streak even enter your brain, the preseason win streak? I think it's a stupid record. I mean, who gives a about preseason games? If we beat it, great. We're going to beat it, so there we go. Dude, you got to be fired up. Fired up! Shades of Joe Namath. I mean... What was I, better? I mean, Sam Cosby declaring victory. I, I will say, I, I think he's wrong. Ravens minus three. I still would bet the Ravens. <laughs> uh, Ravens certainly, money line. yeah, <laughs> heavy on the Ravens, Ravens money line. But I like a new attitude in Washington. I'm new playing. attitude. New, we got a new owner. Why is he so upset? We got a new. Co- <laughs> we got he did so not like the question. quarterback. Hail the Commanders! Hail victory! <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the, it. I like I that. Fired up. Win. It is one of the strangest things that's really happened because it's not like they're. 12-point favorites in all of these games. It's preseason. They're like three-point favorites in all these games, and they just win every single time. It's bizarre. Every, yeah. And, I mean, they're like everybody else, they're still playing third and fourth stringers at some point, yeah. and there's just still 24 games in a row. Wow, no faith that the Commanders can end the greatest streak in professional sports right now. No. I've watched, in fairness, though, to me, I've watched a lot of Commanders football in my life. That's true. So you are a lifelong Someone call you fan. an expert. Some might call me an expert. Sam right. Cosme. I think it's a good move by Cosme to put himself on the map. 100%. Otherwise, no one's going to really no, know. It's, it's hard to do that in the preseason, and yeah. Sam Cosme found a way to hype up. There you go. He'd want to block well tonight. The important thing is that Peacock is going to do nothing but air us on Sunday, a, a fantasy football happy hour marathon. Can you imagine, like, somebody's like, oh, I'm going to go check out Yellowstone, you know? Or, yeah. or like, you know. And there we are. For, and then there we for, are. For, for 18 for, hours. Yeah, for 18 I actually hours. don't know how long, but I think 18 <laughs> yeah, hours. It's, it's a marathon. We've done enough content. There are other things available on Peacock as well. You don't have to just, you know, watch us. But anyway, 
You can't stay here, but you got to go home. Or, you know, something like that. Yeah. For Connor and Jay, I'm Matthew. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace out. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.